0: This is Front Page. We here at Front Page, we do our best to dig out the truth and bring it to you. Hello, all you freedom loving people. Welcome to Front Page Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cameron Goulet. FTX's founder is headed for decades of jail time. This is a blow to the cryptocurrency industry and a blow to the Democrats and Biden. The House passed an emergency support bill for Israel. Now it's the turn of the Senate and the White House. To confront this difficult issue. Both the Senate Majority Leader and the White House have expressed opposition to the bill but how will they explain this decision to their Jewish donors? The result of a primary election in Connecticut was overturned by a judge and a new election was called. The reason is well understood. Senator Rick Scott of Florida has decided to heed the choices of Republican voters so he supports President Trump's re-entry into the White House. Finally, We'd like to share with parents how to keep their children away from the influence of transgender ideology so that boys can be boys and girls can be girls. Okay, let's get into it. On Thursday, FDX founder Sam Bankman-Fried was found guilty by a New York jury. In Manhattan federal court, a jury of nine women and three men returned a verdict on Thursday night after a month-long trial finding him guilty of all seven criminal counts against him. The counts included fraud on FDX customers and investors, fraud on Alameda lenders, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. During the trial, prosecutors said that he stole $9 billion from exchange customers out of sheer greed. This is a landmark criminal conviction, and it marks a victory for the U.S. Department of Justice and Manhattan U.S. Attorney Damien Williams. Williams has made rooting out corruption in the financial markets one of his top priorities.
1: Sam Bankman-Fried perpetrated one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. A multi-billion dollar scheme designed to make him the king of crypto. Here's the thing, the, crypto, the cryptocurrency industry might be new. The players like Sam Bankman-Fried might be new. But this kind of fraud, this kind of corruption is as old as time and we have no patience for it. When I became U.S. attorney, I promised that we would be relentless in rooting out corruption in our financial markets. This is what relentless looks like. This case moved at lightning speed. That was not a coincidence, that was a choice. Williams hopes to use this case as a warning to other financial fraudsters. It's a warning, this case, to every single fraudster out there who thinks that they're untouchable or that their crimes are too complex for us to catch, or that they're too powerful for us to prosecute, or that they could try to talk their way out of it when they get caught. Those folks should think again and cut it out. And if they don't, I promise we'll have enough handcuffs for all of them.
0: What was not mentioned in this trial is that prior to the collapse of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried donated over $100 million in FTX funds to politicians. Over $5 million of that amount was donated to Joe Biden. He is the second largest donor to Biden's 2020 presidential campaign and the second largest donor to Democrat politicians and political action committees, PACs, in the 2022 midterm elections. On November 2nd, the House of Representatives passed a $14.3 billion Israel Appropriations Bill by a 226 to 196 vote. As we talked about last week, Mike Johnson's package is a departure from the norm. The bill requires that the emergency aid be offset with the same amount in cuts to IRS funding. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise said that the bill would not get rid of current IRS agents. Rather, it would get rid of tens of thousands of new proposed IRS agents. It's also seen as a direct challenge to Democrats and President Joe Biden. However, the vote was not drawn on party lines. Twelve Democrats voted in favor of it and two Republicans voted against it. Biden, however, said that he would veto the bill. The White House says that Johnson's approach fails to meet the urgency of the moment and it would set a dangerous precedent, namely mandating that emergency funding come from funding cuts elsewhere. But the White House may also have a difficult time explaining to voters why it won't support the bill, especially if the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, a large lobbying group, and others encourage its passage. In particular, many wealthy Jews are donors to the Democratic Party. A primary election in Connecticut has been overturned by a judge who said that the evidence presented was shocking. In his ruling, Superior Court Judge William Clark cited bombshell video evidence of election fraud as the reason for ordering a new election. The September 12th Democratic primary for Bridgeport Mayor included thousands of absentee ballots. John Gomez, who was one of the candidates, presented evidence indicating that some of the ballots were cast fraudulently. State law enables absentee voting, but it contains multiple rules. For example, a person who distributes more than five absentee applications must register with the town clerk as a distributor. One Geter Pataki is a city worker who supports another mayoral candidate other than Gomez. She supports Mayor John Ganim. She and Anita Martinez, who was another Ganim supporter, did not register as absentee ballot distributors or sign any applications. Nor were they designated by absentee voters to drop off absentee ballots. This is required if they were to assist voters. Both women were captured on video, dropping off multiple absentee ballots on multiple occasions into drop boxes. Where have we seen this before? However, both asserted their Fifth Amendment rights and they declined to testify during the fraud trial. On November 1st, Judge William Clark said that the video conduct represents multiple violations of state law governing absentee voting. So based on the violations, the judge ordered a new primary election because he was unable to determine the results of the primary. In the primary, Ganham received 4,212 votes, which was 251 more than Gomez. Ganham received 1,564 absentee votes compared to 861 for his challenger. Ganim has served nearly seven terms as Bridgeport mayor. In fact, he was convicted of corruption in the past. During the case, he testified that he was not involved in the scheme. Gannum also said that he was shocked by the video evidence. City officials argued that absent testimony from voters, the primary should not be overturned. However, the judge said that this argument amounted to asking the court to ignore the significant mishandling of ballots by partisans that were caught on video floating the mandatory provisions of Connecticut law. The judge added to do so would undermine the clear intention of the statutes which specifically prohibits such ballot contact and would endorse this blatant practice of ballot harvesting. It would also endorse the illegal conduct engaged in by these partisan actors and the improper counting of invalid votes. The judge did not schedule another primary. Rather, he ordered the city and Gomez to confer and to propose a date. On Thursday, President Trump attended a rally of supporters in Texas. At the rally, President Trump reiterated his support for the people who are imprisoned for the January 6 incident at the Capitol, he called them hostages. At this rally, President Trump walked on stage as he usually does amidst Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA. But as the song ended, a song that President Trump sang with the inmates from the January 6 incident began to play. President Trump also gave a standing ovation to the crowd.
2: the flag of the United States of America the And to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, thank you very much and you know what that was that was I call them the J6 hostages Not prisoners. I call them the hostages what's happened And it's a shame and you know they did that and they asked me whether or not
0: the group that performs This song is a number of men who have been convicted of the January 6 incident. They formed the J6 prison choir The recording also topped the iTunes US real time singles chart for a while when it was first released on multiple streaming platforms in March.
2: And when that came out, it went to the number one song. It was beating everybody. It beat uh, Taylor Swift. It beat Miley Cyrus, who was number one and two. They were number one and two. We knocked them off for a long time. That song was out there for a long time. Then of course they had a problem with the internet, right? You know. And so all of a sudden they said, oh, there's a problem. We'll have to take it off. And we raised hell and it, uh, it went back on. That was up there for a long time. It was the number one record or song uh, there was for months.
0: On the same day, Republican Senator Rick Scott from Florida formally announced his endorsement of President Trump and he called on his fellow Republicans to unite behind the front runner for the Republican nomination. Scott wrote in a statement, I am optimistic. That we can return America to its rightful position of economic and military strength and the undisputed moral leader of the free world, but only with strong leadership in the White House. That is why I support my friend, President Donald J. Trump, to be the 47th President of the United States and encourage every Republican to unite behind his efforts to win back the White House. He also honored other Republican candidates, but he indicated that Republican voters had already made their choice. Scott stated, I know most of the candidates running for president and I respect their decision to put themselves through this very difficult process. But Republican voters are making their voices heard, loud and clear. They want to return to the leadership of Donald Trump. A Pennsylvania poll released last week showed that President Trump is leading DeSantis by as much as 41 points. Most of Florida's 20 Republican members of Congress have now publicly endorsed President Trump. But Senator Marco Rubio, a hawkish member of the Senate Republican Party, has remained silent on this issue. Transgender ideology is everywhere in today's society, in the media, in movies and on TV, on the internet, and on social media. Transgenderism has become a heated social issue, especially with the mutual promotion of political correctness, leftist media, and minority interest groups. Teenagers are the most affected group. Once the children are influenced by the transgender trend, it will bring endless disasters to the parents. A California father never imagined that his teenage daughter would watch thousands of videos about transgenderism within a month or two after making transgender friends. Since then, she has tried to change her gender. Fortunately, it took Albert and his wife countless hours of hard work to finally pull their daughter back from the wrong path. This couple recently shared this painful experience. We hope that their story Will help to serve as a wake-up call to other families. To protect the privacy of the parties involved, the names in the following narrative are pseudonyms. Albert had a happy family. He is the CEO of a startup company, and his wife is a teacher. They have one daughter, Hannah, who is 15 years old. About a year ago, Hannah met a transgender friend while attending a homeschool program. Since then, nothing has been the same. Hannah watched thousands of videos about transgenderism on YouTube shortly afterwards. At one point, Albert realized that she had clicked on more than 700 videos on the subject in one day. So the couple decided to prevent their daughter from accessing the internet. But what they didn't expect was that their daughter Hannah would choose to commit suicide in order to resist her parents' discipline. Although Hannah's life was saved, She went to a mental health institution due to mental health issues. When she returned home after a week of treatment, she told her parents that she thought that she was a boy and wanted to be transgender. Albert and his wife were very shocked. They had heard of this kind of story before, but never imagined that it would happen to their own child one day. The couple began to search for a solution. They soon realized that transgenderism is a socially transmitted disease and that their daughter's idea of transgenderism had been passed on from her transgender friend and from the internet. To help their daughter Albert and his wife categorize the problems. The first step was to stay away from the source of the infection. They immediately withdrew Hannah from the homeschooling program, cutting her off from her transgender friends. Then. She was sent to a private Christian school for an environment that did not promote transgender ideology. There were no other transgender students there and Hannah made new friends. In order to keep their daughter away from a toxic online environment, Albert allowed Hannah to surf the internet for only 15 minutes a day and he monitored all of her searches. The couple were also very careful about which TV programs their daughter watched. The second step was to take their child to do positive things, to bring her life deeper into the real world and off the internet. They bought an archery kit so the family could play archery together. They also bought ducks for their daughter so that she could take care of them. In addition, Albert helped Hannah find a job. With the money that she earned, she bought a plane ticket to Alaska and the whole family went on a trip together. The third step was to find a reliable therapist. Due to societal changes, the medical profession today is almost completely dominated by gender ideology. The therapists that Albert initially contacted were all LGBTQ friendly, trans affirming, and they even flew rainbow flags on their websites. The last therapist that Albert chose didn't mention anything on their website about transgender. Smartly, Albert realized that what they didn't say said more about the therapist than what they did say. Sure enough, Hannah developed a very strong bond with this therapist and they made positive results. Since then, Hannah has become less depressed and moody. She is more engaged in life, less obsessed with gender issues and she now focuses on things that interest her, such as art. As her mental health improved, Albert began recommending books for his daughter to read in order to help her understand history. Perhaps at some point Hannah will be able to come to her own conclusions and she will see for herself just how bad this kind of transgender thinking is. The whole process created a huge psychological burden for Albert and his wife. They were anxious, depressed, angry and lonely. Albert did not dare to publish these things on social media for fear that it might affect the work that they were doing with their daughter. Albert relied on meditation and he focused his practice every day in order to stabilize his emotions. Albert noticed that this is a social crisis, a crisis that almost every western country in the world is now facing and it is one of the civilizational challenges that we now face. From a psychological point of view, Albert analyzed that children in their adolescence are very vulnerable. Therefore it is crucial for parents to provide a good environment for their adolescent children. This requires parents to spend more time with their children, but there are still things that parents can't do, such as provide an unpolluted online environment. Here, we'd like to recommend an emerging platform Ganjing World, which means clean world. This platform is a collection of video, audio, and text. As the name suggests, The platform is free of pornographic content, violence, and anything that parents don't want their children to encounter. Like clean water and air, it is only good for people. It has nothing bad. The platform was created by a group of former Silicon Valley computer professionals who are also parents. Their goal is to provide the next generation with an online platform that their family can browse with safety in mind. And at the same time, they can learn from it. By the way, there's another important reason why I recommend Ganjing World. It is a platform without political censorship. On it, we can enjoy real freedom of speech. Okay, this is our podcast for today. Thank you again for listening to Front Page Podcast. For more exclusive in-depth content, please go to frontpageshow.com.